Blog Talk Radio. the live internet broadcast of Secrets Revealed, Understand the Book of Revelation from Start to Finish. With me, Dr. Nicole, your Book of Revelation research scientist. Today we are talking about the 666 Antichrist prophecy in the Book of Revelation. I encourage you to listen live at 12 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Eastern uh, every Sunday and every Thursday at 9 a.m. Texas time, that's 9 a.m. Central time and 10 a.m. Eastern time. In April of 2023, we have here on the live internet broadcast analysis and discussion of the 666 Antichrist prophecy with me, your Book of Revelation research scientist. I invite you to share your perspective, present a prayer request, and or pose a question. You can do that during the live internet broadcast by listening at blogtalkradio.com backslash live prophetic. You can also listen via telephone number, our PGN phone number for the Secrets Revealed, Understand the Book of Revelation from Start to Finish program, and some of the other PGN programs. That PGN phone number is 1-319-527-6027. Last, you may also text in your comment. You can text your prayer request. You can text your question about the book of Revelation 24-7 to our PGN text number, which is area code 1-214-505-8719. That's 1-214-505-8719. So let's get to it, talking about the 666 Antichrist prophecy. We are going to be starting with Chapter 13 in its entirety in the book of Revelation, to give some context, how do we arrive at chapter 13? The book of Revelation is the culminating book in the Holy Bible. There's 66 books in the Bible, 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament. The book of Revelation ends with a formal conclusion. Prior to the conclusion is the New Earth Prophecy. The New Earth Prophecy discusses what happens when we are beyond time. It begins with chapter 21 and ends with verse 5 of chapter 22. The New Earth Prophecy is the prophecy in the book of Revelation. It's the 12th and final statement of prophecy. It discusses what happens when there is no more pain, no more death, no more sorrow, no more tears, no more grief. Before the New Earth prophecy, there's the dead judged prophecy. The last five verses of chapter 20 of the book of Revelation, that describes the great white throne judgment, what happens at 
the second resurrection. That's the resurrection of the dead for eternal, eternal damnation. Prior to the dead judged prophecy, there's the millennial reign prophecy. That's the tenth statement of prophecy in the book of Revelation. What happens during the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ on this present earth? Before we get to the millennial reign, we're in chapter 19, verse 6 to the end of chapter 19. That's the marriage supper prophecy. We're working our way back from the end of the book of Revelation to chapter 13. So in chapter 19, we hear about the battle of Armageddon in great detail. In chapter 17 and 18, in the first five verses of 19, we have the purple and scarlet prophecy. What happens to the harlot church? The harlot church that works in tandem with the one world government, the new world order during the great tribulation. What happens to that harlot church and the false prophet, the leader of the harlot church that's described in revelation chapters 17 and 18 revelation 15 and 16 what about the wrath of god so the wrath of god culminates with the battle of armageddon described in revelation 19 but it includes many things it starts with giving a malignant sword to every person who has taken the mark of the beast So there are seven final plagues. The seven uh, plagues prophecy includes chapters 15 and 16. The seventh and final plague includes, but is not limited to, the Battle of Armageddon. Chapter 14 of the book of Revelation has two statements of prophecy. Both are about the harvest before the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's the battle of Armageddon. There's the marriage. That's the first resurrection. When all believers who are in Christ rise up in the air to meet Jesus Christ in the clouds, in our forever bodies, in our immortal bodies, in our incorruptible bodies, in our glorified bodies, in our perfected bodies, in our 100% DNA error-free bodies in our peak performance bodies that will never, ever die. In Revelation 14, there are two statements of prophecy. First of all, what happens to those who remain in Israel? Those who remain in Israel after the Antichrist and the false prophet have invaded the land. That's described. Revelation 14, verses 1 to 5. Those individuals are also referenced in the seven seals prophecy. These are the individuals who will have the mark of God put on their forehead. The individuals described at the end of Zechariah and here in Revelation chapter 14. There are 144 thousand Jews who up to that point will be following the old covenant but when they see their Messiah 
descending from the clouds to fight on their behalf. They will get saved in a glorious way, as described in Romans. After the fullness of the Gentiles comes in, all Israel will be saved. At that point in time, in our future, which is shortly to come, there will be precisely, exactly, specifically 144,000 Jews in Israel upon the return of Jesus Christ. At the end of chapter 14, verses 6 to the end, that's a description of the first two parts of the harvest. What happens to all who are in Christ and what happens to those who are not? What happens to those who are there at the Battle of Armageddon and who are fighting in the armies led by the Antichrist and the kings of this world and the mighty generals. That's described in Revelation 14. Before we get to talking about, so so let's, Back up for a second. What have we heard? In the future, there's no more time. After time has ended, we're in eternity future. In the book of Revelation, chapter 22, it's referred to as the eternities of eternities. (laughs) Okay, so beyond time. Before the end of time, which happens at the end of the age, There's the great white throne judgment. Every person who failed to make the resurrection, the first resurrection, will be resurrected for the second resurrection and will participate in the great white throne judgment. At the end of that, great white throne judgment, all of the tares, all of the weeds are thrown into the lake of fire that burns with fiery brimstone and sulfur where they will spend eternity forever and ever. Prior to the great white throne judgment, there's the millennial reign. And prior to that, there's the battle of Armageddon. Prior to the battle of Armageddon are the first six of the seven final plagues. Prior to the seven final plagues, which are the wrath of God, there is the wrath of Satan. So that's where we are today. That's where we are in our discussion today. We're in Daniel's 70th week described in the book of Revelation. We are in Daniel's 70th week. We are talking about that period, a seven-year period that begins with the signing of a peace treaty, the confirmation of the covenant described in the book of Daniel. So the 490-year period, 70 sets of seven, seven weeks, which refers to seven-year period. So we are talking about Daniel's 70th week today. We're in Revelation chapter 13 in the 666 Antichrist prophecy. This seven-year period begins with the signing of the confirmation of the covenant, and it ends with the Battle of Armageddon in between the seven-year period. We have both the wrath of Satan, 
That's the great tribulation and the wrath of God, the seven final plagues. So let's go there to the 666 Antichrist prophecy. Let's start with the end of the prophecy in Revelation chapter 13, verses 16, 17, and 18. Let's start with verse 18. It says, Wisdom is needed here. Let the one with understanding solve the meaning of the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. So we're talking about, in this 666 Antichrist prophecy, the beast, and the beast has the number of a man, and his number is 666. Now, in this prophecy, the beast is described in three ways. So one beast refers to the ten-nation alliance discussed in Daniel chapter 7. The beast is also referred to as the mouthpiece for this ten-nation alliance. And then finally... A second beast is described, so this is a third way, but it's described as the second beast. So first, there's the ten-nation alliance, that ten-nation alliance which represents the dominating one-world government that will exist in this seven-year period, and specifically during the Great Tribulation, will have as its leader, and so by extension, its leader, its mouthpiece, is also referred to as the beast. That's the Antichrist. And then we have described as the second beast, the false prophet. Now let's go back to, we've heard verse 18. Let's hear verse, verses 11 to 17. So we're working our way from, into beginning. So in verses 11 to 17, we hear the six specific actions that will be taken by the second beast, the false prophet, during the Great Tribulation. Let's hear it. Beginning with verse 11 of chapter 13 in the book of Revelation, it says, Then I saw another beast come up out of the earth. So remember, it says another beast because the word beast is used to refer to the key entities utilized by Satan during the Great Tribulation. So verse 11 says, Then I saw another beast come up out of the earth. He had two horns like those of a lamb, but he spoke with the voice of a dragon. He exercised all the authority of the first beast. Let's pause there. The false prophet will speak with the voice of a dragon. The false prophet will articulate the words of Satan, but he will appear like a lamb. Jesus Christ is the lamb of God. The false prophet is the lamb of Satan. In other words, the false prophet is a counterfeit. 
he will appear to be a man of God. He will be the leader of the one world religion, the harlot church described in Revelation chapter 17 and 18. He will appear Christ-like, but in fact, he is a man of Satan. It says here, he spoke with the voice of a dragon. And the dragon refers to Satan, as described in Revelation chapter 12 and Revelation chapter 20. Verse 12 says, he exercised all the authority of the first beast, and he required all the earth and its people to worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. Now, this is very important. The false prophet will require, he will order, he will command all human beings to worship the Antichrist. The Antichrist will have a fatal wound that will be healed. And the false prophet will work in tandem with the Antichrist. In fact, he will be endowed and exercising the same authority as the Antichrist. The false prophet is the leader of the harlot church in August of this year. Every program we will talk about the purple and scarlet prophecy, the harlot church whose headquarters is the city with the seven hills, whose leaders wear purple and scarlet. All these things are in the book of Revelation in chapter 17 and 18. Let's stay here with the 666 Antichrist prophecy. What else will the false prophet be doing? Continuing with verse 13 of chapter 13, he did astounding miracles. Let's pause there. Some Christians believe that miracles are a thing of the past. But in reality, miracles are happening every day. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In any case, whether a believer knows that miracles are happening today, for sure, note it here in the word of God, we are told that there will be real miracles that the false prophet performs. Now, that's important to know because if we don't know that, we could be deceived into thinking that this has to be a man of God because it's no way possible that a person could perform a miracle unless he is endowed with the supernatural uh, miracle working power of God, but the false prophet will be endowed with the supernatural miracle working power of Satan. Let's continue with verse 13. It says, even making fire flash down to earth from the sky while everyone was watching. So specifically, the false prophet is going to uh, perform many astounding miracles, we're told. One, one of multiple miracles performed by the false prophet will be making fire come down from the sky to the earth. It says everyone was watching. So we're probably going to see this on uh, Fox News, on C-SPAN, on Al Jazeera, on the BBC, on MSNBC. People will be videotaping it, no doubt, on their cell phones or other devices that we're using at that time. 
Now, this is a counterfeit miracle in Revelation 20, in the millennial reign prophecy. At the end of that prophecy, in verse 10, we're told that Satan is thrown into the lake of fire that burns with fiery brimstone, where he joins the false prophet and the Antichrist. But before Satan experiences the second death, fire falls from the sky and it consumes all of the mortals. So there will be those mortals, individuals who are living on the earth, who did not participate in the first resurrection. Satan will be let loose a short time during, uh, at the end of the millennial reign. He will persuade these people that he's going to take over the earth and they're going to rule and reign with him from Jerusalem. And let's hear it in Revelation uh, chapter 20, verse 9. It says about these people who are on their way to Jerusalem to displace Jesus Christ, who will be living there. It says in verse 9 of chapter 20, and they swarmed up over the broad plain of the earth and encircled the fortress, camp of God's people, the saints, and the beloved city. So the beloved city is Jerusalem. And then it says, but fire descended from heaven and consumed them. So that's the real miracle. That's the real miracle when fire falls from heaven to consume those who will experience the first death. It's the final group of mortal human beings who will die on this earth. It's the final group before we go to the great white throne judgment. So that is the real miracle. Of course, Satan is uh, a liar and a thief, and he's a plagiarizer. So he knows the word of God. Uh, As you know, he quoted it to Jesus, trying to get Jesus to uh, give up being uh, Lord of Lord and uh, King of Kings during the millennial reign to do it outside of the timing, outside of the appointed timing of God the Father. And so uh, Satan inspires the false prophet to do this counterfeit miracle. Now, we're going to hear about the mark of the beast even more. When we look at this prophecy, the real mark is the mark of God that will go on the forehead of every believer, as noted in Revelation chapter 20, verse 4. And that mark is also described in Revelation chapter 3. Okay, let us continue. Verse 14 says, and with all the miracles he was allowed to perform on behalf of the first beast. So this is saying, with all the miracles that the false prophet is going to perform on behalf of the Antichrist. So remember, they'll be working in tandem during the Great Tribulation. He deceived all the people who belong to this world. Let's hear that again. And with all the miracles he was allowed to perform on behalf of the first beast, he deceived all the people who belonged to this world. He ordered the people to make a great statue of the first beast, fatally wounded, and then came back to life. He was then permitted to give life to this statue so that it could speak. 
Let's pause there. So the false prophet will perform miracles on behalf of the Antichrist, and he will deceive all the people who belong to this world. Well, you say, well, um, how's he going to deceive everyone? He won't deceive everyone. It says all the people who belong to this world. So during the Great Tribulation, there will be two groups of people, people who belong to this world and people who belong to the kingdom of God. Said another way, people whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life and people whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. The tares and the wheat. The goats and the sheep, the good fish, and the bad fish. Then we're told that the false prophet is going to commission a great statue of the Antichrist. So that is very important because it says in verse 15, he was then permitted to give life to this statue so that it could speak. Then the statue of the beast commanded that anyone refusing to worship it must die. So this is very interesting. This statue will somehow be given uh, life. So it's not clear whether this is through the supernatural power of Satan or if this is through technology or some combination, but this large statue of the Antichrist will speak, and it's going to command human beings to worship it. Now, the statue is not a god, and the Antichrist is not a god, although he will stand in the third temple and proclaim that he is God, according to Second uh, Thessalonians. Do I mean to say First Thessalonians? It's in First or Second Thessalonians. The Antichrist is not a god, and this statue is not a god, yet the false prophet will uh, commission this statue, and it says, Then the statue of the beast commanded that anyone refusing to worship it must die. Now let's talk about that for a second. It's time for us to hear proof, definitive proof, about why this matters. In Revelation chapter 20, verse 4, we're going to go there for just a moment. We are told about what happens to believers who refuse to worship the statue. Revelation 20, verse 4, in the millennial reign prophecy, John the Revelator says, in part, in verse 4, it says, And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue. Now, this is key because in the 666 Antichrist prophecy, we're told that this statue commissioned, this statue of the Antichrist, commissioned by the false prophet, will command that anyone refusing to worship it must die. Now, what does it mean to worship the statue of the Antichrist? We don't know. 
It might be that it requires a salute. When Hitler appeared, another agent of Satan, people did a salute. Uh, you might be familiar with what that looks like, and they raised their arm with uh, vigor high above their heads. It might be that it requires kneeling or bowing or some other uh, physical movement. It re might require movement and words, some combination. We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us specifically what that worship will include, but we are told that anyone refusing to worship the statue of the beast, that's the statue of the Antichrist, must die. And then in Revelation chapter 20, we're told that there are believers who will be here during the Great Tribulation. So Revelation chapter 13 is about singularly the Great Tribulation period, as we'll hear when we continue in it. We're told that, let's hear it again in Revelation 20, verse 4. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So in order to lose one's life due to refusing to worship the statue of the Antichrist, a person has to be here when the statue of the Antichrist is in fact on the earth. The statue of the Antichrist is commissioned by the false prophet. It is created and in use during the Great Tribulation. Now, what does that mean? That means that believers will be here during the Great Tribulation. Now, let's continue. So we heard verses 11 to 15. Verse 16 says, he required everyone, so who's he, talking about the second beast, the false prophet, he required everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on the right hand or on the forehead. Let's pause there for a second. Now, why would the false prophet be the person commanding individuals to get the mark of the beast? The false prophet is a man of Satan. The false prophet will be the leader of the one world religion, the harlot church. There will be uh, religions where individuals worship false gods that will be subsumed under this harlot church it's going to uh, it's it's going to uh it's going to blaspheme the name of god and it's going to entice everyone to uh engage in prostitution in other words in the bible being a prostitute is giving oneself to a false god or false gods rather than to our husband, our father God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So the mark of the beast means 
that one has made the decision to be a child of Satan, has made the decision to reject Jesus Christ, either during the Great Tribulation, either a person will take the mark of the beast or refuse the mark of the beast. If you refuse the mark of the beast, and friend and truth seeker, I believe that you're listening because you are committed to knowing what the word of God says. If you refuse the mark of the beast and you have found and followed God's plan for salvation, God promises that you will be victorious. And this is what he says about the mark in Revelation chapter 3, verse 12. The mark of the beast is a counterfeit. This is what God wants to give you. In verse 12 of chapter 3, Jesus Christ says in his own words, he who overcomes is victorious. I will make him a pillar in the sanctuary of my God. He shall never be put out of it or go out of it. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which descends from my God out of heaven and my own new name. So the mark of the beast is a counterfeit. Let's hear more about the true mark in Revelation 22 verse 4. It says, they shall see his face, talking about believers on the new earth, and his name shall be on their foreheads. So friend and truth seeker, we should never ever take a mark on our foreheads or on our hand. Uh, there's no pre-tribulation rapture. The Bible is very clear in the book of Revelation that there will be believers who are beheaded for their refusal for Refusal to take the mark of the beast, their refusal to worship the statue, and for giving testimony of Jesus Christ. Now let's hear verses 1 to 10 of chapter 13. We've heard verses 11 to 18. Now we're going to give our attention to the beginning of this statement of prophecy. We're going to hear about the ten-nation alliance, the one world government that will dominate political and economic affairs during the Great Tribulation. We're going to hear proof that the Great Tribulation is precisely, exactly, and specifically 42 months. That's three and a half years. And we're going to hear about the Antichrist. And we're going to hear the report that the Antichrist is the mouthpiece for this ten-nation alliance. Beginning with verse 1 of chapter 13, it says, Then I saw a beast rising up out of the sea. It had seven heads and ten horns with ten crowns on its horns. Let's pause there for a second. So John the Revelator sees a beast. And this beast has seven heads and ten horns with ten crowns on its horns. This is the same beast described in the purple and scarlet prophecy in Revelation chapter 17 and 18. And it's the same beast described in Daniel chapter 7. So more than 600 years earlier, Daniel is giving, given a vision. So here, John the Revelator 
is called up to heaven, and he's shown 12 visions, 12 statements of prophecy all in a row. And 600 years earlier, Daniel was shown a vision of four beasts. Let's hear about Daniel's vision and then come back to the 666 Antichrist prophecy. Daniel says, Daniel chapter 7, verse 1. Earlier during the the first year of King Belshazzar's reign in Babylon, Daniel had a dream and saw visions as he lay in his bed. He wrote down the dream, and this is what he saw. In my vision that night, I, Daniel, saw a great storm churning the surface of a great sea with strong winds blowing from every direction. Then four huge beasts came up out of the water, each different from the other. The first beast was like a lion with eagle's wings. As I watched, its wings were pulled off, and it was left standing with its two hind feet on the ground like a human being, and it was given a human mind. Let's pause there for a second. In March, we talked about the 1,260 days prophecy. Notice that there's a lion, and it has eagle's wings. The wings are pulled off. So the eagle is associated with the United States of America, and the lion is associated with Great Britain, and indeed, America separated from our mother country, Great Britain. Let's continue. Verse 5 says, Then I saw a second beast, and it looked like a bear. It was rearing up on one side, and it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And I heard a voice saying to it, Get up, devour the flesh of many people. So, so far, what do we have? We have the eagle. In Daniel chapter 7, verse 4, that's described in Revelation chapter 12, the end of chapter 12. And we have the lion, which we're about to hear in Revelation 13. Now verse 5 in Daniel chapter 7 says, Then I saw a second beast, and it looked like a bear. It was rearing up on one side, and it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And I heard a voice saying to it, Get up, devour the flesh of many people. So this bear... That's the second beast we're going to hear about in the 666 Antichrist prophecy. We're going to hear again about the lion and this bear. Now verse 6 says, Then the third of these strange beasts appeared, and it looked like a leopard. It had four birds' wings on its back, and it had four heads. Great authority was given to this beast. Very briefly, the bear, that's, the animal, the emblem associated with Russia. Leopard is associated today with Germany. Some have argued that the four wings represent France and its uh, prior connection to Germany. Let's continue. Then in my vision that night, I saw a fourth beast, terrifying, dreadful, and very strong. So let's get clear on fourth beast. So Daniel's saying that there are three beasts that he saw. He saw a lion, a bear, and a leopard. And these are 
exactly the three beasts that are described in Revelation chapter 13. Three of the nations in the Ten Nation Alliance, but now in verse 7 of chapter 7, Daniel sees a fourth beast, and it says, terrifying, dreadful, and very strong. It devoured and crushed its victims with huge iron teeth and trampled their remains beneath its feet. It was different from any of the other beasts, and it had ten horns. Thank you for your patience as we got there. So this is where we were trying to get to, and it had ten horns. What's the take-home point? Daniel was shown ten horns, in other words, ten nations that will exist during the Great Tribulation. The Great Tribulation is exactly 42 months. Included in these ten nations will be three nations. One of the nations representing the lion will be Great Britain. Another nation representing the bear will be Russia. And a third, uh, a third, not a third, but a third nation will be Germany. Now let's continue and hear some more of these details. Verse 8 says, as I was looking at the horns, so he's looking at these ten horns. He's looking at the ten-nation alliance. Suddenly, another small horn appeared among them. Three of the first horns were torn out by the roots to make room for it. This little horn had eyes like human eyes and a mouth that was boasting arrogantly. Now we're hearing about the Antichrist. Verse 9 says, I watched as thrones were put in place, and the ancient ones sat down to judge. His clothing was as white as snow, his hair like purest wool. He sat on a fiery throne with wheels of blazing fire, and a river of fire was pouring out, flowing from his presence. So the Antichrist is coming, and with the Antichrist we have the wrath of Satan, but the wrath of Satan is followed by the wrath of God, the seven final plagues. That's followed by the 1,000-year millennial reign, and that is followed by the great white throne judgment. At the great white throne judgment, every person who has failed to participate in the first resurrection will be judged. And you say, well, research scientists, how do we know we're talking about that? It moves so fast. It does move fast like that in these books of prophecy. How we know that is it says in uh, verse 10, continuing, And a river of fire was pouring out, flowing from his presence. Millions of angels ministered to him. Many millions stood to attend him. Then the court began its session, and the books were opened. Now, what books are we talking about? Those are the books that are opened at the great white throne judgment described in the dead judged prophecy in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 to 15. So again, in the 666 Antichrist prophecy, we're talking about a seven-year period. It begins with the signing of a peace treaty that will allow Israel to rebuild its temple on the Temple Mount. The end of the seven-year period is the second coming of Jesus Christ, followed by the Battle of Armageddon. That's the end of the seven-year period. After that seven-year period, there's a thousand years 
the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ on this present earth. That's followed by the great white throne judgment. That's where the books are open. Let's hear it. Chapter 20 of the book of Revelation, verse 11 says, Then I saw a great white throne, and the one who was seated upon it, from whose presence and from the sight of whose face earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. I also saw the dead, great and small. They stood before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged sentenced by what they had done, their whole way of feeling and acting, their aims and endeavors in accordance with what was recorded in the books. And the sea delivered up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades, the state of death or disembodied existence, surrendered the dead in them. All were tried and their cases determined by what they had done according to their motives, aims, and works. Then death and Hades, the state of death or disembodied existence, were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found recorded in the book of life, he was hurled into the lake of fire. Now, truth seeker and friend, is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? If you are hearing my voice, that means that God's plan for salvation is recorded for you in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 38. Every person who finds and follows God's plan for salvation has his or her name recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. The only way to have your case settled before the great white throne judgment is to go to mediation. Some years ago, I volunteered at the office of the attorney general in the state that I live in, and they trained me in their mediation strategies, and I served as a volunteer mediator. And here's what I learned. Mediation happens when you have two parties that are at odds. One party has a case against another party. Do you know that God has a case against every human being because of the sin of Adam and Eve? We all inherited the propensity to sin. And that means that we have all sinned and fallen short. Sin separates us from our God who is perfect. One sin one sin results in a case with God. So whether I have one sin or 895 sins or even 8,658 sins, it doesn't matter, friend. You might say, well, I'm a good person. I give to the poor. I honor my father and mother. Don't be deceived. God has a case. God has a case against you and against me. And the only way to get one's case resolved, the only way to avoid participation in the great white throne judgment, which we just heard about, 
The great white throne judgment is coming. The only way to get my case and your case resolved is to go to mediation. And the Bible tells us in 1 Timothy that Jesus Christ is the only mediator. When we find and follow God's plan for salvation, the debt that we owe because of our sins is paid for. Jesus Christ paid for it when he died on the cross for you and for me. But that debt, your sin debt and my sin debt, is not automatically paid for. We have to go to mediation. So, friend, I want to encourage you to make sure that you've been to mediation. Make sure that you have repented of your sins, that you have made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, and that you have been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the payment, it says in Acts 2.38, of your sin debt. Now, let's hear about uh, mediation. Let's hear about uh, Jesus Christ as the mediator. Then we're going back to our 666 antichrist prophecy it says in first timothy chapter 2 verse 5 for there is one god and one mediator who can reconcile god and humanity the man christ jesus so take home point in 15 seconds or less this great white throne judgment that's happening is for every person who has failed to go to mediation you have to on purpose decide to go to mediation. It doesn't happen because you're a nice guy or you're a nice woman or a nice girl. Mediation does not happen by accident. It only happens on purpose. Whether you like it or I like it or not, God has a case against every person. But your case is settled and in good standing if you have been to mediation. So, friend, I encourage you to make sure you've been to mediation. You know, if I if I decided the the color of the sky, it would be it would probably be orange. That's my favorite color. Um, but how many people know that uh, I'm not the creator of the earth and I don't get to decide that? My point is. You might say, well, if I was God, if somebody was good and nice and mostly did good deeds, then I would allow that person to go to heaven and to be on the new earth. Well, I'm not God, and you're not God, and God has made a different decision. God has decided that the only way to avoid the great white throne judgment is through Jesus Christ. That's a truth. That's a fact. That's a reality. All right, now let's get back to some more realities. Realities described in the 666 Antichrist prophecy. We're talking about this 10-nation alliance. In Daniel chapter 7, it said in verse 7, Then in my vision that night I saw a fourth beast. Terrifying, dreadful, and very strong. It devoured and crushed its victims with huge iron teeth and trampled their remains beneath its feet. It was different from any of the other beasts, and it had ten horns. So 
So this 10-nation alliance that will include Germany, Russia, and Great Britain is going to devour its victims. It's going to be very strong. And we're told that three, three of the horns will be torn out by its roots to make room for the Antichrist, who will boast arrogantly. Okay, now let's go back to Revelation. In Revelation chapter 13, let's begin again with verse 1. Then I saw a beast rising up out of the sea. It had seven heads and ten horns with ten crowns on its horns. Now remember, there were ten horns, but then three were pulled, uh, three were put down to make room uh, for one. Okay, so we're talking about the same beast. And written on each head were names that blasphemed God. This beast looked like a leopard, but it had the feet of a bear and the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave the beast his power and throne and great authority. So this means that during the Great Tribulation, there will be a ten-nation alliance that ultimately has seven, uh, three of the leaders will be put down, three of the nations will be put down, replaced by one. It, those nations will include Germany, Russia, and Great Britain. They will be empowered supernaturally by Satan. Satan will give this ten-nation alliance authority and power. Let's continue with verse 3. It says, I saw that one of the heads of the beast seemed wounded beyond recovery, but the fatal wound was healed. The whole world marveled at this miracle and gave allegiance to the beast. Now, there's different discussion about this. Uh, my perception is that it's telling us that the Antichrist will have a wound that appears fatal, and it will be healed. I've heard uh, others say that this reflects the reality that Germany broke apart, and it was uh, East and West Germany, but then it came back together, and the whole world marveled. That could absolutely be true. Uh, let's continue. They worship the dragon for giving the beast such power, and they also worship the beast. Who is as great as the beast, they exclaimed, who is able to fight against him? Now let's pause here for a second. They worship the dragon for giving the beast such power. Who is the dragon? The dragon is Satan, as described in Revelation chapter 12, Revelation chapter 20. So when people see that the new world order, the new world order, this ten-nation alliance becomes so powerful, seemingly out of nowhere. They're going to have a new economic system. You're going to need that mark of the beast to buy and sell with that new stock exchange and economic system. When people see how powerful it is, they will be deceived and seduced into not only taking the mark of the beast, but also into worshiping Satan the God of the harlot church described in Revelation 17 and 18. And it says at the end of verse 4, Who is as great as the beast, they exclaimed, who was able to fight against him? Let's continue with verse 5. 
Then the beast was allowed to speak great blasphemies against God. Now remember, the Ten Nation Alliance is a beast, and then the Antichrist as its mouthpiece is the beast. Then the beast was allowed to speak great blasphemies against God. That's the Antichrist. Then it says in verse 5, and he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 42 months. That is the scripture in the 666 Antichrist prophecy that communicates the reality that the great tribulation, the wrath of Satan is limited to only 42 months in Daniel's 70th week. So in this seven-year period, the final set of seven described in Daniel chapter 9, the great tribulation, it notes here, and in Revelation chapter 12, the great tribulation where, let's hear it again, and he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 42 months. It doesn't say he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 84 months. So 84 months would be 12 times 7, that's 7 years. It says 42 months. So 12 times 3 is 36, plus half a year, that's 6 months. 36 plus 6 is 42 months. That's the 1,260 days referred to uh, in Revelation chapter 12, which refers to 1,260 days as well as a time times and half a time which is also three and a half years so the antichrist will have dominion will be the leader of the ten nation alliance for precisely exactly and specifically 42 months let's hear what else he does it says and he spoke terrible words of blasphemy against god slandering his name and his dwelling that is, those who dwell in heaven. So the Antichrist is going to blaspheme God, he's going to slander God, and he's going to speak evil words against heaven. Now, heaven is not a dream, it's not a wish, it's not a hope. The reality is that human beings exist in three locations, on this present earth, in a temporary storage tank, as Prophet Randy Chandler has said known as present heaven and in a temporary storage tank known as Hades so every human being ultimately will experience eternal life on the new earth or eternal damnation in the fiery lake that burns with brimstone and sulfur forever and ever so what that means is that the present earth is a temporary location because we're going to the new earth heaven is the present heaven is a temporary location because we're going to new heavens. And Hades is a temporary location because ultimately people go from Hades, a place of darkness, to hell, a place of uh, brimstone, a place where there's a lake that burns with fiery brimstone and sulfur forever and ever. So we heard in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 and 15, that Hades is going to have to give up the dead. What does that mean? People are going to be resurrected from the dead, people in Hades, for the purpose of participating in the great white throne judgment. Now, during this three-and-a-half-year period, the Antichrist is going to slander 
uh, God, and he's going to slander heaven, and it says, and those who dwell in heaven. That's very interesting because the Antichrist is on his way to the second death, and every person in heaven is on his or her way to the first resurrection. Nonetheless, let's continue with verse 7. It says, and the beast, now we're talking about the first beast, the Antichrist, the mouthpiece for the Ten Nation Alliance that will include the bear, the leopard, and the lion. It says, and the beast was allowed to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. Now, here's another scripture, Revelation chapter 13, verse 7, where God is communicating to us as believers that we will be here during the Great Tribulation. Let's hear it. And the beast was allowed to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. Well, in order to wage war, he has to have authority. Well, when does the Antichrist have authority? It's not today on April 9th of 2023. It's during the 42 months. How do we know that? Verse 5 says, and he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 42 months. What 42 months? The 42 months that are the great tribulation. And the beast was allowed to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. We hear at the end of Revelation chapter 12 that the war against God's holy people will begin at a specific time. That timing is when a flood inspired by the supernatural power of Satan, a flood comes against the land of Israel. Normally, this flood would be so is, normally this flood, due to its strength, uh, it will be so great in power and magnitude that under normal conditions, the land would be devastated and Israel would be no more. But we're told at the end of Revelation chapter 12 that water, is that water that's a flood is not going to succeed because the earth is going to actually open up to receive that water. And when that happens, Satan is so angry. He's so angry at this second defeat because first he's defeated with the war in heaven. Then he's demoted to the present earth. Now he's trying to take out Israel and he fails. And he becomes so angry that he says, not only am I going to keep going with this war against Israel during the Great Tribulation, but now I'm going to enlarge the scope of the war to include the rest of Israel's children, those who give testimony for Jesus Christ. Let's hear it. Friend, that's an important secret. So during the Great Tribulation, it's going to be important to understand the timing of what uh, is happening. So during the Great Tribulation, the two witnesses – will be prophesying, and the two witnesses uh, will be performing miracles and uh, using the supernatural power that God has endowed them with. And during the Great Tribulation, let's hear this secret at the end of verse 12, uh, at the end of chapter 12, verses 15. To 17, it says, Then the dragon tried to drown the woman with the flood of water. Remember, the dragon is Satan. From his mouth, the woman is Israel. But the earth helped her by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that gushed out from the mouth of the dragon. 
And the dragon was angry at the woman, that's Israel, and declared war against the rest of her children, all who keep God's commandments and maintain their testimony for Jesus. So remember, there's the original olive tree, there's the wild olive tree. Who's the wild olive tree? Those are the Gentiles, all who keep God's commandments and maintain their testimony for Jesus, all who are uh, following the new covenant. So let's stay here where we are. Let's go back to the 666 Antichrist prophecy. Verse 7 says, and the beast was allowed to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. So this war begins not at the beginning of the Great Tribulation, but at the point in the Great Tribulation when the war of Israel is not succeeding. This flood happens. It looks like Israel is going to be taken out due to the flood, but Israel survives. It doesn't work. Satan is humiliated and angry, and so the war expands to include who? The church. It says here God's holy people. And in fact, because the Antichrist has dominion during this finite period of time, he conquers some of the saints, God's holy people. Let's continue. And he was given authority to rule over every tribe and people and language and nation. Let's talk about that for a second. How, how on earth? Can the Antichrist be given authority to rule over every tribe and people and language and nation? Because every tribe and nation and people and language would include Canada, the United States of America, uh, Angola, South Africa, uh, Australia. We can go on and on. Recently, if you look at the activities of the United Nations and the World Health Organization, you see that Due to the experience of COVID and Ebola and uh, bird flu, new agreements have been made. And in, in fact, relatively recently, Prophet Randy Chandler was talking about the activities of uh, Joe Biden and the World Health Organization. Due to time constraints, uh, we're not able to go over all of that, but here's the take-home point. Under certain conditions, under certain conditions, authority over nations that otherwise have sovereignty is given to those organizations. And the United Nations and the World Health Organization, they're only expanding their reach during this time. It's going to continue to grow. And so it appears that those conditions will exist and probably through one or both of those organizations that could explain how authority is given to the Antichrist to rule over every tribe and people and language and nation. As the dominant government, the dominant world power at that time the most powerful economically, the most powerful from a military perspective. One or both of those organizations or another organization perhaps uh, will endow 
the Ten Nation Alliance, and by extension, the Antichrist, to rule over every tribe and people and language and nation. That's probably how that's going to happen. In any case, it is going to happen by what means uh, we'll see very shortly. Let's continue in verse 8. And all the people who belong to this world worship the beast. Now, you might say, well, wait a minute. If believers are here, would believers worship the beast? This proves that we won't be here because it says all the people who belong to this world worship the beast. Not at all. Not at all. Let's distinguish between people who belong to this world and people who belong to the kingdom. Continuing in verse 8, it says, they are the ones talking about all the people who belong to this world. They are the ones whose names were not written in the book of life that belongs to the lamb who was slaughtered before the world was made. So if you belong to this world, your name is not written in the lamb's book of life. That means that when you get to the great white throne judgment and the book of life is opened and your name isn't in it, that's evidence that your the outcome of your case, if it is uh, – fairly heard, and it will be, is that your sin debt remains unpaid, and therefore you must experience the second death. So God divides people into two groups. You know, we divide people into groups like this, male or female, or uh, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, Native American, something, something like that, or tall and short, or maybe... Uh, those with black hair, brown hair, red hair, and blonde hair. You know, we have categories like that. Those who are underweight, normal weight, and overweight. God doesn't do that. God divides people into two groups. It's very simple. Those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life and those whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Said another way, those who are among the tares that will be burned at the end of the age, and those who are among the wheat, who will be resurrected, who will put on a perfected, glorified body, who will rule and reign with Jesus Christ for a thousand years on this present earth and on the new earth for the eternities of eternities. Those who are among the bad fish who will be thrown out, thrown out into the outer darkness, into the fiery lake that burns with brimstone, and those who are among the good fish who will be kept. Those who are among the goats who follow Satan and those who are among the sheep who hear the voice of God. God is consistent. There's no option C. They're the sheep and the goats. There's not a third group, which are maybe the cats or the dinosaurs or uh, the rabbits. There's no third group. At the Super Bowl, there are two teams. There are not three teams. So either you're in line one or line two. Either you are team Satan or team Jesus. Either you are going to the participate in resurrection for eternal damnation or resurrection for eternal life on this present earth and the new earth to come. Now let's continue. What's the instruction? 
what is God's instruction for the church during the Great Tribulation? What are we supposed to do? And you say, well, if if there's no pre-tribulation rapture, what are we supposed to do? Let's hear it. Verse 9 says, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. I believe that that's you. You have ears to hear. You are listening, and through the power and grace of God, you will understand. Through the power and grace of God, I will understand. So let us listen and understand what God is saying. Here it is, our instruction. In verse 10 of chapter 13, it answers this question. What are we supposed to do during the Great Tribulation, during the 42 months where the Antichrist will rule and reign? Verse 10 says, anyone who is destined for prison will be taken to prison. Anyone destined to die by the sword will die by the sword. This means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently and remain faithful. What does it mean to endure, suffer? Remain in existence. Last. So we have to last. We have to remain in existence. We will suffer something painful or difficult patiently. We will endure. And what does it mean to remain faithful? According to dictionary.com, it means to remain loyal instead fast. So we are to remain loyal and steadfast, loyal to the word of God, to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. What does that mean? If you are destined to die by the sword, you will. Some believers will be beheaded during the Great Tribulation. Some will not. Some believers will go to prison during the Great Tribulation. Some will not. But the Great Tribulation is finite. Now, Jesus told us in Matthew 24, it's a time of great distress like the world has never seen and will never see again, but it is limited. And every believer who dies by the sword, as reported in Revelation 20, verse 4, John the Revelator saw them living again. When? When? After this seven-year period, if you die during the Great Tribulation, which is during Daniel's 70th week, the seven-year period, which begins with the signing of the Confirmation of the Covenant, where Israel gets the green light to rebuild her temple, and it ends with the Battle of Armageddon. If you die during that seven-year period, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord for those who die in Christ. But, friend, you will only be in heaven for a short period of time. Maybe that's good. Maybe it's bad. I don't know. It seems like the present earth might be a demotion, but in any case, for those believers who die by the sword, like every other believer, like every other person whose name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, we will rise up to meet Jesus Christ in our glorified, perfected bodies at the time of his second coming, and we will inhabit those perfected, glorified bodies. We will transition from mortality to immortality, and we will be forever with the Lord. 
forever with him on this present earth, and we will stay with him when we transition from the present earth to the new earth. So, friend, during the great tribulation, we need not be afraid. And don't believe there are going to be people who are going to say, we need to create our own military, and we need to create our own army, and we need to uh, this and that. The battle of Armageddon is when the Antichrist will be defeated, not a day before, not a moment before. There's no militia, there's no government of any nation that's going to defeat the Antichrist. The task of the believer is to uh, preach the word of God, testify about Jesus Christ, to uh, give instruction to many during the great tribulation to endure, to be faithful. So we're faithful by preaching the word of God, by ministering to believers who will need encouragement during this time. There are going to be thousands and even millions of believers who are confused because they've been taught the lie of the pre-tribulation rapture. And when it doesn't happen, when it doesn't happen, they're going to need to hear from you and from me because otherwise they might take the mark of the beast. Otherwise, they'll be confused. They might be deceived. So, friend, we are looking forward to the Great Tribulation because we know that the Great Tribulation is followed by the wrath of God, which culminates with the Battle of Armageddon. And finally, we will be with the Lord Jesus Christ forever and ever. Friend, if you haven't done so, please make sure your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Remember, God has only two groups of people, those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life and those whose names are not. There's only one winner of the Super Bowl. Now, the Super Bowl of Life, the Super Bowl of Life has only uh, one team that wins. That's Team Jesus. If you are not on Team Jesus, that means you're on Team Satan. There are only two rosters. There are only two rosters. There are two lines, line one and line two. Line one is for every person who will participate in the first resurrection, every person who will transition from mortality to immortality. Line two is for every person who will participate in the subsequent resurrection. That's the resurrection to eternal damnation that's the resurrection for the purposes of participating in the great white throne judgment at the end of the first thousand years of the government of jesus christ friend and truth seeker if you haven't done so i invite you to call out to god according to jeremiah 33 3 he promises to show you great and mighty secrets that you do not know. Until next time.